My name is Christy, and I would like to tell you one of my favorite stories about one of my favorite characters. But first, could you truly handle unlimited power? If Kate fails to prove that she can, the werewolf she claimed as her own will hunt her down as her mother's assassin. This book is dedicated to everyone who has ever needed an alter ego, to everyone who's ever been afraid to shine. Let's shine together. A Touch Divine by Christy D. Bach is available on Amazon or at www.christydbach.com. The antique clock on the wall chimed three times. Her heart thudded in her chest as blood raced throughout her body. Sweat glistened on her palms. A grin threatened to overtake her face. She ached to touch the object of her desire as her foot tapped against the concrete. Filled with impatience, she sighed. It'll be just another moment, Dr. G. Kate wanted to roll her eyes at the young courier, but generations of Southern breeding prevented it. I appreciate you coming out so late, Eric, she said. That's what you pay me the big bucks for. The young man flashed a smile in her direction. She saw but paid no attention to it. She stared at the boxes stacked at his feet. Five glorious boxes. He handed her the forms requiring her signature before he could release the packages. She signed them with a smile. Her fingers trembled as she picked up the first box. Drive safely. It's a full moon. Lots of weirdos out tonight. She closed the door to the lab, but he hadn't yet moved away. So what's in the boxes? Though unprofessional of him to ask, Kate had worked with him for about two years and understood his curiosity knew no bounds. Werewolf bones. Kate chuckled as he rolled his eyes. He didn't believe her. Dr. G, only you could say that with a straight face. Forget I asked. The last time I inquired what was in a box, you showed me a severed head. His hands flew in front of his face as he backed up. It was just a skull, she hollered after him. And drive carefully. Not sure why, but she liked the kid. It would be a shame to see him wind up on one of her lighted examination tables. Kate locked the door behind her, knowing there would be no other visitors at three o'clock in the morning. Fate had smiled upon her when the carrier service called and said they received the shipment earlier than planned. It had been hard to resist the urge to crow in delight when they asked if she wanted them to deliver it right away. She opened the first box, ripping through the cardboard housing. No sooner had she freed the boxes from the wrapping when her cell phone rang. She didn't bother suppressing a triumphant grin. Kevin, it's three o'clock in the morning, she answered in greeting. What did you do, bribe the courier? She imagined him frothing at the mouth over her triumph. I simply made myself available the moment the shipment arrived. She kept her voice casual. You bitch, you knew they meant me. He all but screamed into the phone. It said Dr. K. Grzgorski. Kate had to cover her mouth to keep from laughing. There are laws against stealing. I'll sue you. Forget about your reputation, he threatened. I'm assuming you mean my reputation with the people that don't already know you forged your transcripts and every study in which you took part renounced your contributions. You can't do this to me, he screamed. 
I already have. I'm hanging up now. Goodbye, Kevin. I can't believe you were such a vengeful bitch. Even your insults are redundant and low class. Good luck with suing me and all that. Kate hit end on her cell phone. Jerk, she muttered. I guess it's a good thing we're divorced. She resumed unpacking the items. After she put on a pair of latex gloves, she discovered each package held a silver container. From what she can tell, they made the entire box from 91 Zoltnik Russian silver, which fit the time frame for authenticity. She estimated the box as being approximately 500 years old. It fit in well with the other... It delighted her that there was still residual dirt caked on the container. She wanted to be the first person who read the ending of the tale. The tale that captivated her from the moment she read the first page of her ancestor's diary. It was the very reason she became an archaeologist. She found her werewolf. It took every bit of restraint she possessed not to dance around the empty lab like a fool. She would finally have the answer, the end to her legend. Over the next hour, she cleaned each container, removing centuries of dust and debris. She took pictures of each one from all angles. The final one caught her attention the most, and she set the camera down. There were markings and engravings all over it that appeared to be in Latin. That surprised her, but it didn't stem her enthusiasm. Her Latin was passable. Um... Be warned, united will and all. Beware of the beast. Such a trivial warning disappointed Kate. She expected better from the creators of such treasures. Her fingers roamed along the outer wall of the case. Sensations of cold attacked her fingertips when she touched the silver. Kate shrugged as she opened the first container. A hiss broke the silence when the vacuum unsealed. Her nose crinkled at the stale odor that assaulted her senses. She peered into the container, holding it open with one latex-covered hand. Its octagonal shape reminded her of a stack of stop signs. The hairs on the back of her neck rose. It's not a sign, she muttered, and stop talking to yourself. Kate brushed aside her overactive imagination and began removing the contents of the silver containers. Each individual box contained different skeletal remains. The first box contained a skull weighed down by silver. Apparently that part of the legend was true. The townsmen murdered a man because they believed him to be a werewolf. It took Kate the better part of an hour to sort and assemble the bones. By the goddess, he's tall, she said, glancing at the clock. With only a few hours until daylight, the remains had to be sorted and categorized before her staff showed up. Kate took one last look at the foreboding skeletal structure and smiled. She had faith in her ability to find the true source of this man's fate, something that didn't include changing forms once the moon turned full. It would be the end of her personal quest to find the answer to what happened to her ancestor, believed to have cursed the family line. Through the lens, she took picture after picture, hoping to capture everything she'd need to piece the story together later. Thanks to her exceedingly messy, but sympathy-gathering divorce, she had a great deal of spare time. With the camera back in hand, she flipped the digital screen to view the photos that she took as she turned back toward the table. Then she dropped the camera. What the hell? 
she exclaimed. On the table, where only a moment ago were skeletal remains, lay a large, naked man. Her gaze rose from the tips of his tan toes, up his muscular thighs, to his impressive torso. She couldn't help but return to the apex of his long legs. Kate licked her lips despite her shock. Whoa. Finally, Zane de Seville took a breath for the first time in what felt like an eternity. The air filled his lungs, causing his chest to expand. His lips turned up as he smiled. As he opened his eyes, his smile disintegrated. What draws the sun before my eyes? The bright orb burned. Even when he blinked, the sound still filled his vision. Thump, thump. The subtle sound of a heartbeat reached his ears and he went on the defensive. He sniffed the air. Ah, a female. Her scent tickled his nose and he smiled. The goddess favored him with a gift for his reawakening. What are you doing on top of my table? A woman's voice bellowed from across the room. Remove this small son. I wish to see my savior. He replied as if she had not spoken. Her accent disturbed him. As a man of many languages, it wasn't often he couldn't place a dialect. Remove it along with yourself. I swear to the goddess, if you've ruined my bones, I'll stab you with a scalpel, she said. Her accent did nothing to hide her anger. He wondered what would happen when she discovered her precious bones were deep within his body. Remove this son, please. He lowered his voice at the last word of his demand. It's not quite dawn. What son? He wondered for a moment if she was daft or sightless. This great glowing orb, it will render me blind. A moment of silence descended upon the room. What? Oh, he heard her footsteps clicking against the ground. In seconds, the bright light above his head went out. He opened his eyes once more and blinked to adjust to his new surroundings. Don't move, she hissed as he rose. You'll break them. I said, don't move. The inflection of her voice triggered a violent reaction in him. He swung his legs over the side of the surface he'd been lying upon. It took him a moment to adjust to the sensation of having an intact body. After he reinstated his relationship with gravity, he stalked towards his prey. To the voice he could never forget, the person responsible for his body being drawn and quartered, a death so painful he could still feel it in the bones she was so desperate to protect. She retreated as he advanced towards her. When her back pressed against the wall, he smirked. Before she could react, his arm shot forth with a speed only known to his kind. His fingers wrapped around her neck, tight, without completely cutting off her flow of air. He shoved her head hard against the solid surface of the wall. Katiana, he growled. The next thing he knew, he was curled up and on the ground in a fetal position. 
His groin felt as though she had shot them with lightning. She need him. A moan escaped his lips before he could prevent the sound. The clicking of her footsteps placed her a few feet away from him. As the stars cleared from his eyes, he stared down the metal tube of what appeared to be a weapon. What are you doing here? She glared at him from the weapon. Tis you that released me. Katiana, set it down and let us talk. We were friends once, were we not? He flashed a smile as he stood, only to be knocked down again as she swept her foot around him, knocking his legs from underneath him. I have never seen you before in my life. You are going to stay right there while I call the police. She took one step back, but kept her weapon pointed in his direction. It was the second time her words made little sense to him. Stop this nonsense, Katiana. I will have my vengeance. It was your fault they found me. Your fault that I lay buried like the dead for. He fell silent. Perhaps an ambulance to cart you back to the psych ward. She muttered as she fiddled with a small black box. Katiana, what is the year? His heart raced in his chest. How much time had he lost? My name is not Katiana. If you must call me something, call me Kate or Dr. G like everyone else. She pressed her finger against a black box. It gave him the opportunity he needed. He jumped up, swinging his arm toward her body, knocking the weapon from her hand and grabbing the black box. Before she responded, he grabbed both her arms, pinning them above her head. He stepped to the right, not needing a painful reminder of her abilities. The year, Katiana. He demanded as he stared her down, willing her to answer him. Kate. Her eyes rose towards his, challenging him. The year. He paused. Kate. When she told him about the year, his eyebrows shut up. His mouth gaped at her words. I pray this is a jest, he said. Why on earth would I joke about the year? Look for yourself. She turned her eyes. He followed the direction to a picture of some sort on the wall. As his eyes traveled, he noticed the surroundings he found himself in. The only thing in the room that made any sense at all was the woman standing next to him. But that couldn't be, he realized. Katiana would be well over 400 years old. It was all wrong. Everything he planned for during his time in between the planes of existence went up in flames. The anger of being denied his vengeance once again flooded his senses. A rage ascended throughout his body, taking over the control he normally held. Years of rigid training that kept him in human form went up in smoke. The beast within him longed to break free, and he was in no mood to hold him at bay. Ouch, she shrieked. He released her wrists, knowing that if he did not, his claws would cut into her skin. Her cry of pain broke through the haze of rage. For all that, 
He wanted her to be Katiana so he could tear the throat from her neck. He knew she was not. Sleep. Zane's eyes bored into hers. When her eyes closed and her body relaxed, he acknowledged with grim satisfaction that some talents he possessed carried through to the present era. He laid her down on the floor, positioning her head and neck so she would wake up with no discomfort. Zane glanced.